Hello everyone and welcome to episode 4 of our podcast channel where I will be talking with entrepreneurs and investors from TechTour's network about their journey. Hello, I am again from TechTour and today I have Alexander from Lidrotech in front of me. So Alexander, who are you? I'm Alex. Uh, I'm business Alex actually because we have two Alexes in the team. I have a background in business administration, uh, hence the name. And at Lidotech, we built laser dicing machines for the semiconductor industry. Okay, interesting. And uh, what does Lidrotech do? So yeah, laser dicing machines, it basically means we cut microchips. Uh, microchips are produced on pizza-sized plates called wafers. And on a plate with an eight-inch diameter, you can easily fit hundreds of thousands of chips. And they are being produced in a 12-week-long process with dozens of complicated process steps. And one of the last steps before the chips can be used in our digital products is the cutting, the so-called dicing. And right now there are quality problems in the dicing procedure. And we have a new technology that uses a laser in combination with liquids to cut the chips more accurately with less damaged or fewer damaged chips, less waste and higher productivity for clients and also lower costs. And uh, that's, that's basically the technology that my three co-founders invented during their PhD studies. And we're now commercializing it. So how did it start? It started with my three co-founders doing their PhDs. They have different experiences, uh, they, they, but they all work with lasers uh, and they all work with liquids. So uh, in, in different areas, and then they sat together for a period of time to think about what they can do together and they came up with cutting so they thought we can cut with a laser if we use liquids and they cut they started cutting certain materials um, and then uh, alex tech alex the other alex i know him from school from 20 years ago and uh, he came to me and he asked me for my opinion or my business opinion and that's how we started talking and eventually we applied for a grant with the German government. And once we got it, I quit my job and I also joined the team and we started Lidrotech. Nice. So you're with four co-founders? Yes, we're co four co-founders. You're still with four in the company or more? No, we're, we're a few more now. So we have one full-time employee. We have two part-time students. We have currently a full-time uh, intern and we're also now doing interviews or have done interviews to hire the next person and we will keep growing this year and also next year once we we finalize the financial round okay and if i understood it well your company started 20 years ago no no so it started oh. so the officially we incorporated uh, a little bit more than a year ago mm. uh, but the grant started about three years ago and probably that so the PhD of my co-founders, they I mean they they met each other about nine years ago, but I know Alex from 20 years ago from back in school times. And uh, that's basically how I got into the into the group of laser engineers because Alex knew me and asked me for my business opinion. Hmm, I see. And before your first job, it was also in the same field or no, not at all. I I graduated from university in 20. 14 and then worked for five years in the financial industry. I worked for two asset management companies in London, Munich and Frankfurt and did that yeah, for five years until, until I quit to start Lidotech with the three co-founders. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. And um, it started one year ago, as you said, so that's not really a long, long time ago. 
are you already far on your way on achieving the big goal of Literotech or not <laughs> yet? Yeah, it's it's uh, your. I think I think we've done a lot of progress in the past year. Actually, in the past three years since we started with the grant. Um, now a year ago we incorporated and we're basically confirmed that we want to commercialize this. And we've done we've done a lot of steps forward. But you, if you think about you know making like being a successful company, there is still a very long way to go. I'm very optimistic though because so far it we've we've done we've done well I think in the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's always the the way ahead is always longer than the way behind you, and the next step is always the most important one. So um, still a long way to go. Yeah, of course. And if you look at the future, where do you want to be in let's say ten years? In 10 years, if we can say that our machines are in all production facilities of the big semiconductor companies, we've done well. Sounds good. Let's hope it gets there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share a story of a client using your product? So right now, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit. So right now, we, we the goal is to build the machines and sell them to semiconductor oh, yeah. companies. But we are so, so far we we have prototypes in the lab, and we are raising money to build the first few for clients. Uh, what we have done so far for clients is cutting chips as a service. Uh, so basically, we got wafers with chips on it. Uh, we cut them, and we got paid for the service and sent the chips back. And uh, this was more or less a project work um, so clients could uh, could be convinced of our cutting technology and the cutting quality um, so yeah we are we are working with chip makers in germany europe and also uh, have some some context to the us so i think we're we're doing well uh, for confidential reasons i won't name the names of the company but i'm sure people would know it if i did yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, another question I ask to everyone, which is, which is the biggest lesson you've learned up till now? Wow, yeah. There are, there are too many lessons, uh, so it's hard to say which one is the biggest. But I think, I think one important thing as a, so maybe, maybe two things that are very important if you start a startup. So, the one thing is, you never stop thinking about it. So I, I used to work as an employee before for five years, and I can say it was it was also very demanding jobs. Still, once you're a founder, you the last thought you have before you go to bed is the startup, and the first you have when you wake up is the startup. So it is it is a twenty four seven constant mind in your a thought in your mind. And so that's the one thing, and you have to know that I think because you you won't be able to switch off until until the startup is, you know, stands on its feet. And I don't even know if then you can switch off, right? So I, because our, ours doesn't stand on its feet yet, right? So, um, and the second thing is you really need a, a really, really good team and constitute, like making, putting this team together is not an easy task and you have to consider many things. Um, but I think if you have a team that has diverse backgrounds um, from, I mean, it can be anything in terms of in terms of diversity right it's like the background of studies you know where the people are from etc if the more diverse the team is the more thoughts go into decisions 
there is a disadvantage to it because it, most of the time it takes longer to make the decisions because you have so many different opinions going in. But my feeling is that if you put a team together with very diverse backgrounds, you will have the best information to make a decision. And although it takes longer, most of the time, I think it's the better decision. And we rarely in our team have to go back to, to change a decision because we, we, we always have so much information when we make the decision that in the end, it turns out to be a good decision. So um, consider, so to, to summarize, consider putting a really good team together, maybe even with people uh, that you know are not always thinking the same as you, because I think that's a very key part of, of um, making good decisions. Yeah. And was it a tough time then, uh, starting the startup, the first months? Yeah, I, th I think it's always a tough time, you know, in, in hindsight, you, you probably, you probably have a lot of founders that that tell you if I had known all the different uh, things that come come at me, uh, I would have I would have reconsidered actually doing the startup. So it's but I think that it's a good thing that you don't know all of it, you know, because uh, then then there would be way fewer startup founders. I think it's it's always tough, right, because you are, uh, I mean, we're four, so at least we can share the burden, but it is, I mean, you you are one of the four decision decision makers and if you're fewer founders then maybe some founders are even the only decision makers so there's a lot of pressure i think the last three years also was wasn't wasn't the easiest time to start to fund a startup you know with corona for example we our lab got shut for seven weeks in the university and we weren't allowed in so there there were some hurdles but i'm sure every startup founder has uh, has stories about these hurdles that come at you while you're founding and you have to overcome them and so far we did um, so it's it's not easy but it's worth it yeah i guess talking about corona how did it impact your business must be heavy yeah i mean the i think two years ago when it started that was the the most difficult time when when no one really knew what Corona is and when everything shut down. So as I mentioned, the, the lab got shut down for seven full weeks and I was working from home for a whole year um, of Corona. And I basically only saw my co-founders digitally. So there were some you know, challenges with regards to communication. We definitely lost time in the lab because we, we weren't allowed in. And then there were restrictions on how many people are allowed in the lab. And you know, if you co-share a lab, which is usual at university, you you have to discuss who is going in with the other person in the lab. So there is there was definitely a lot of time lost, or like you know, things got delayed. And also, you know, all the supply chains. So I think that's it's still the case now that you have sometimes you you need to wait for thirty weeks or so to get a certain component that you need. So planning ahead has become even more important. But I also have to say that we were supported really, really well during that time. And we always had a, so one big advantage of Corona um, in terms of in terms of business for us was that it felt like everyone had more time. So you could get very high key people to, to a Zoom discussion for half an hour because no one had to travel anymore. Everyone was at home. So that actually was really helpful. Uh, and, and so I can also say these positive things. And yeah. there are also programs or there were programs 
to fund and support startups financially, um, particularly, for example, the in our region, the NRW Bank, which set up a, a, a way to support startups. And I think this, this was incredibly helpful for a lot of startups that, uh, you know, had, had issues, you know, because of Corona. And I have to say that we got supported really, really well uh, from many different institutions and people during that time. Sounds like there are disadvantages and advantages. About yeah, it. but you made I, I it. Think, hard, so. I, I think if I had the choice, I would say rather not have that Corona time, right? For many different reasons. Um, but I, I agree. I think, and and there are maybe some, if, if you can say, some good things that come out of it that maybe are here to stay. You know, this whole working from home part. I I remember when I started working, this was not even a discussion point, and now it's basically standard. You know that that people work from home uh, basically at least one or two days every week, right? And it works. Everyone noticed that it works. And yeah. I think this is this is a very good thing that came out of it. And um, yeah, so fingers crossed that the good things stay and the the rather unpleasant things go away at some point. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah. Uh, so before we started recording, you told me that you're based in Germany. Um, is it where everything started or did you already start from the beginning with expanding to other countries? No, this is where it started and we're still um, operationally fully based in Germany. So we, th th we, we are all four, actually almost, almost all four based in Bochum. So two of us are born there, uh, two of us live in, in Bochum, our, our city, where we also are incorporated. The other two have studied there, so they're very close, closely you know, connected to the city and live around 45 minutes away. So it is, it is definitely our base, but we're in a business that is an international business. So if you think of semiconductor companies, I think the first few companies that come in mind are in the US or in Asia. And we will, if you want to be really successful, we will need to deliver and supply these companies in, in, in regions outside, outside of Germany, outside of Europe. So we are definitely planning and have a, have a plan to expand outside of Germany. But yes, now with the first few machines, we will try to keep it close to our headquarters um, so that we do not, you know, um, overcomplicate things with regards to servicing and, you know, being close to the client is very important, particularly at the start. So uh, we, will, we will certainly expand, but at the moment, of course, the, the focus is more closely to Germany and the, the connecting countries. Maybe that's for in a few years. Exactly, yeah. Um, so how did Tector help you on your journey? It was a very good platform to get in touch with, particularly with investors, I thought. So um, we had some good discussions and it's also very good in terms of um, publicity. I mean, you, you have a good, a good marketing channel on LinkedIn, so that always helps. And you participated in one of the events. Did you find an investor through that? Or? Um, we, we definitely spoke to some. Um, I think if I'm remembering correctly, we were not in, in discussions with, in, in like deep discussions with anyone at, the, at this time. But, you know, it's, you know if, you, if you're raising money with, for a startup, you speak to 100 or so investors. In the end, you maybe have three, four, five, I don't know, you know, depends on the startup, sometimes even just one, sometimes more. 
So it's, you know, you, you have to participate in, in all these different events because you never know where the, the golden goose is uh, of investors. And, and yeah, so it's, no, it, was, it was really helpful in, and because you also get a lot of feedback from every person you speak to, uh, also from investors and every feedback helps for the next discussion. So, and I think in Tech Tour, there were a lot of investors that are specialized on hardware for example, so it was very, very helpful to speak to these uh, these people. Yeah. So, which way did you find investors then? I mean, through uh, through other events, for example, through our network. Sometimes you get, and I would have to check if we, if we got a, a got an introduction from someone of uh, at Tektor, for example. But you get introduced to other investors, even if investors say they they cannot invest in your company for different reasons, they kind of introduce you to others. So it's a uh, it's like a uh, you know, you you, th you throw a snowball, and in the end, you have an avalanche, uh, and that's how it starts, right? It, it, it you start with one investor or two or three that you know. I have a, a good network in the in the financial industry or in the startup industry due to my university and a lot of my um, university friends. They have founded startups or they work in in the startup scene, so that's kind of how everything started. And then you participate in events, and you get to know more people. And that basically you just have to follow up on, on every single lead and, and you get more leads. So it's, it's a full-time job. I can say that. Yeah, true. But sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any further questions. Do you maybe have something else that you want to see appear in the podcast? We are, we're about to close our financial round. So if uh, anyone is interested in, in reaching out to, you know, to speak about great technology, um, we're always happy to, and if there is anyone out there that might be interested in working with a young startup, then we're always really happy to help because I think that we're gonna we're gonna look for great people going forward. So we're always happy to speak to anybody who is happy to speak to us. Thank you very much for joining the call in the podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.